When someone is moving from an imbalanced life to a balanced life, I've noticed that everyone seems to go through essentially the same five stages. Like there's almost this linear path. And in today's episode, I'm going to walk you through each of those five stages and the path of getting from one stage to the next so that you can really see the whole process and can get a sense of what it takes to move from one stage to the next. You ready? Let's get to it. Welcome to the Ambitious and Balanced Working Mom Podcast, the place for women who want to balance their ambitious career goals with their life as a mom. If you're looking to feel more confident, decisive, and productive at both work and home, then this is the place for you. I'm your host, Rebecca Olson. Let's get to it. I have been coaching working moms exclusively for over four years and have really worked with hundreds in creating work-life balance. And recently, I took a step back to really think about the similarities that women experience when they move from an imbalanced life to a balanced life, because I really noticed that women tend to go through the same stages of the process. And I was noticing this correlation between things like productivity and confidence and happiness and time. And I thought it was just really interesting. What I noticed is that in the beginning of the process, when women would start to work with me, they would describe their productivity and their confidence and their happiness all as being very low. Now, most work-life balance tools focus first on the productivity piece kind of with the thought that if you increase your productivity, you're going to feel more on top of things and you're going to feel better about yourself and you're going to feel better about your work and you're going to start to feel, you know, that magical feeling of balance. But what I have found is that working on productivity is actually really the last stage of creating sustainable work-life balance because it naturally actually starts to happen when you're feeling confident and happy. Because being more productive really requires more confident decisions and likely making decisions kind of in a way that you really never have been before. So I was just curious, and I decided to really go through this process of defining the various stages when you're going from imbalanced to balanced, and then really connecting it to what happens to people's productivity and confidence within each of the stages. And what's been so useful about this is it gives our brains, an overview of what the whole process looks like. Because our brains really like to think in black and white. It's kind of like, I'm either balanced or I'm not. I'm either doing things right or I'm not. I'm either an amazing mom or I'm yelling at them and I'm terrible. But when we really take a step back and we look at the big picture, you see that there's a lot of mucky middle. Creating a balanced life is a process. There's ups and downs. There's forwards and backwards progress. You are in a process of creating a balanced life even now. So I want to break down each of these stages. There are five of them. And as I'm going through them, I'm really going to try to give you some examples of myself and my clients in each of these stages so you get a really clear picture of what's going on in the middle of this stage. And then I also really want to connect each of the stages to kind of what's happening with your confidence and your productivity at the same time. Okay, so stage one is called trial and error. 
This is the stage that you kind of know that you have to do something. You can't just keep doing what you're doing. It isn't working for you. You're kind of maybe on this train to burn out, if you will. But what it really feels like you're doing is just throwing spaghetti at a wall and kind of hoping something sticks. You know, the most common thing that I see women try to do in the middle of this stage is they try to adjust their work schedule. They try to work less hours or change their hours in some way, get up early and work or try to like eliminate working at night or something related to the time that they spend working. They try to go about creating a balanced life by fixing that. You know, for some women, they just even quit their jobs. I had a client that actually started coaching with me and immediately right at the beginning of the process, she quit her job. She didn't like her company. She didn't like her boss. She didn't like the work anymore. She just had to get out. And all of that for sure was true. But what she ended up doing is she ended up staying home with her kids. I think her son went to preschool a few days a week and she had a daughter that was about one. And really to her surprise, even after weeks and months of not working and being with her kids so much more, she still described life as being very out of balance and crazy and overwhelming. Certainly, it got easier in some ways, managing meals and household tasks and drop-offs and pickups and so forth. All of that got easier. But at the heart of what she was experiencing and what she was feeling, it was not confidence and happiness and balance. I have had clients that go down to part-time, but then they feel like they're managing the same amount of work just in less time, and it feels even more stressful. And then I've had clients that work part-time because they want to spend more time with their kids, and they feel like the extra time with their kids is nice, but it just never feels like quality because there's so many things that they still have to do around the house, and they have a hard time shutting off their work brain and their email and messages on their phone, and they just try to squeeze in little tasks here and there during nap time between errands, and life just feels really, really rushed, even though they're working less hours. You know, for sure, gaining back more time in your day and adjusting your work hours is going to make some things in life easier, but it's not the magic bullet that's going to make you feel balanced. So in this stage, there is an attempt to essentially change your external circumstances to create balance. You adjust your hours, or maybe you change teams, or you try to go under a different boss, or maybe you even change jobs, or you hire a nanny, or you hire a house cleaner, or you try to get your husband to do more around the house, or you pay for a babysitter, or you try to squeeze in more massages or like self-care rituals, right? All of these like external things to try to make life easier and try to manage life in some way. And what I often see is some momentary relief because you are doing some things to try to create a different rhythm in life, and that helps on some level, but it's not ever really sustainable because old patterns and habits and rhythms eventually come back, and you're just right back into the unbalanced stage of life. So in this stage, I would say confidence really remains low because you don't actually feel better about yourself. You haven't really changed anything going on inside of you. But productivity actually might take a slight upturn because you are giving yourself some more time to, or you're adjusting the way you're spending your time to get more done. So in this stage, confidence is low. Maybe productivity takes this little bit of an uptick as you work to try to get your circumstances just right in order to create balance. So the big thing I want you to notice about stage one is that it's mostly focused on trying to get your external rhythms of life and time and schedule and your to-dos, like all of your external things in a manageable place. And the reason it doesn't 
actually create balance, it doesn't actually work, is it because it doesn't get to the heart of where balance is found, which is inside of you. Remember, balance is a feeling, right? It's something that we generate inside of our body, not outside of our body. So there's no question that having a more manageable life circumstantially would make feeling balanced easier, but it isn't the thing in and of itself that creates it. Okay, so then let's move into stage two. This happens when somebody basically is at that point where they realize that there isn't a way to get life in some perfect order or some manageable circumstance that's going to make everything work together. Like they have to actually change something going on inside of them. They can't just make external changes. They have to make some internal changes. And it's kind of the moment when someone realizes that they have to change the way that they're thinking or responding to things. They need to let go of some things. They need to build up some more confidence. You know, essentially, they need to focus on what's going on inside of them. That's when they begin to enter stage two. Stage two is called separating. It's the part of the process where somebody really begins to separate their identity and who they are as a person from their job. This is a really important foundational piece of creating balance because ultimately, when we're talking about creating balance, usually what we're talking about is stopping overworking, not working as much, not thinking about work as much, not prioritizing work as much. And as long as your identity feels so tied to work, your brain is going to kind of freak out anytime you try to do something different. Anytime you try to leave work at five to go be with your family for the evening, your brain is just going to go through this like almost panic attack because it thinks that you're threatening what makes you a good human. And I know that kind of sounds extreme, but that's really what is going on in our brain when we go through the process of making changes like this. So you can't really make changes to how you work and to how you prioritize work and when you work. You can't really create more flexibility in your day to be with your kids more or learn how not to log on at night or work on the weekends and learn how to say no to your boss and try to set reasonable expectations. Like You can't be doing all of those things that are going to create a much more balanced, manageable life for you if your brain is freaking out because it's thinking that you're no longer going to be a good human anymore. You're no longer going to be good at your job. You're going to be failing. You can't get promoted. Everybody's going to be disappointed in you. You're not pulling your weight, right? Your brain can't be telling you all those things at the same time. It's not going to work. There's too much conflict there. So in this stage, it's really when you begin to recognize that your work identity isn't really who you are as a person. You exist outside of your job, and it's okay that people might be disappointed in you. <laughs> it's okay that people can think whatever they want about you ultimately because you as a person and as a human, you know who you are and you know that you're good and that you know that you're valuable and all of those you know amazing things that we want to believe about ourselves. So with my clients, I really take them through a process of identifying things like their values and their identity and their purpose in life. And they just really start to name the things that energize them, the things that motivate them, you know, not from a work perspective, but just from like a human perspective. I described it to somebody recently. It's almost like creating a human avatar of who you are apart from work. And we need to do this because your brain really needs to see that there is more to you than always needing to achieve and succeed, like that you could just be sometimes and not always do. Now, I've been talking about this mostly from kind of a work perspective, but when I think about work, when I say work, like you're separating yourself from your work or your job, I'm also thinking about your work as 
a leader in your household because we fall into the same trap in our personal lives as well, where there's always this need to get through the to-do list and we have to have our house a certain way and our kids need to behave a certain way and there needs to be certain activities and certain food. And there's this constant need to prioritize chores and a clean house and kind of life being in a certain way. But it's the same thing, like your identity being so wrapped up in getting things right and being successful and having your house look a certain way. It all falls into the same trap, essentially. So for a lot of people, this stage can take a while, right? Because you're teaching your brain a new way to think about yourself. But with all of that hard work is going to come an immense amount of confidence, productivity doesn't necessarily get better in this stage. In fact, sometimes it might even get a little worse because you're willing to let go of constantly needing to do things and accomplish things, but you feel so much better about who you are as a person and what you have to offer as a mom and the value that you bring to your company because you're starting to name all of those things and you're creating this new foundation essentially for the way that you think about yourself. And so this stage is really the stage that it opens your brain up to the possibility of making changes to the way that you operate within your work life and within the hours that you work and all of these other things that ultimately are going to need to change in order to create the balanced life that you want. That really then opens up a pathway to stage three, which I call clarity. In stage three, things begin to become clear. You start to become clearer around your career and its direction and where you're headed in it. You start setting for yourself bigger life goals, bigger dreams. You begin to name for yourself what is in fact most important to you on a day-to-day, moment-to-moment basis. You know, the goal in this stage is really direction. You know, if your brain doesn't know what's most important to you and it doesn't really see a path forward on where you're headed in life and why you're doing the things that you're doing, It's going to kind of feel like you're sort of drifting. And ultimately, because your brain is wired for comfort, which means that it kind of just wants to keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, because it's the most comfortable thing to do, you know, that's what's going to happen. Life is going to feel sort of rinse and repeat. I mean, I have had so many clients that have told me, you know, I only planned my life up until this moment. You know, I wanted a good career. I wanted to get married. I wanted to start a family. And, you know, here I am. Like, is this it? I don't want to believe this is it. And I'm like, no, of course this is not it. Life does not have to feel like just diaper changes and feeding and shuffling the kids from one place to another and go, go, go. And just that collapse of exhaustion at the end of the day. No, life is exhausting with young kids. There's no question that is true, that this is, a with particularly young kids, a very exhausting stage of life. But it is also a very rich and fulfilling and purposeful and meaningful phase of life as well. You shouldn't be feeling like you're just getting through each day, surviving each day, you know, maybe to only get through the weekends if the weekends are any better for you. I had a client recently who was going through this stage, and she decided that she was really looking at her commitments ultimately, and she decided to quit this board that she had been on for several years because it just really didn't fit who she was anymore and what was kind of most important to her in that particular stage. She had several other commitments that she just decided to let go of because it just didn't fit the life 
that she wanted to create. It wasn't top of the list anymore. And it was just draining her of energy and some time and like mental space. And that's kind of what this stage is really all about. It's about answering the question, what do I want and why do I want it? And that second question is really important. You have to know why. Because if you're thinking something like, I just wish I could take a sabbatical and I want to spend more time with my kids or something like that, if that's what you're thinking, but there isn't a deep down why in terms of why you want that and how it fits into who you are and like the bigger vision of life, then it's always just going to kind of stay a pipe dream on some level. You have to get to that point where you can name what it is you want and then really understand why it is you want it. And likely the why is connected back into stage two, the separating part, where you really see yourself apart from your job and what it is you want apart from your job. And you're just naming who you are at the core and what energizes you and what motivates you and all of those things. Like the why in life gets a lot easier when you know kind of who you are on a human level instead of just on a work-based success-driven level. Now, I read a study once where they dropped a group of people in a desert (laughs) and told them to walk a straight path. That was the direction. They landed a plane in the middle of a desert. The people didn't know where they were. And that was the goal. They just said, we want you to walk in a straight line for basically as long as possible and we'll come get you. And I, I know that I would probably not want to be on this particular study. That is sounds kind of awful to me. But what they found is that when the sun was out and they kind of had some sort of marker to help guide them, they walked in a straight line, relatively speaking. But as soon as a cloud would cover the sun and there were cloud coverings in and out of the day, they would walk in a circle. And I find this to be such a, an interesting illustration when it comes to this stage of the process, because this stage is all about creating for yourself kind of a North Star, a guidepost, a sun, something to, to really anchor you and tell you you're headed in the right direction. Because when you don't have that, what you find is you just start walking in circles. Life starts to feel rinse and repeat. Life feels like it's never ending. Life feels like you're just surviving and getting through. The fourth stage of balance is boundaries. The reason it comes up at this part of the process is because now that you're feeling confident about yourself and you feel clear on what it is you want and why, what naturally starts to happen is you begin to put boundaries in place to protect yourself and those things that you've named as being the most important. And it begins to happen naturally. A boundary is a protective barrier. Think of it like a fence. We put up fences to protect the things that are most important to us. Like we have a fence around our property because it's protecting our house and our things, right? Trying to keep things out. (laughs) These days, it doesn't keep many things out. But in like days when you lived on a prairie, it would keep out a wolf. It would keep out a fox. Things wouldn't be able to get in the fence to like kill your animals, which was the way you, you know, were able to live and the way you were able to eat, right? But it's the same concept here. So we're basically, we have a fence. The fence around your property is what protects you and your property. With regards to creating work life balance, the thing that we're trying to protect is our time and our energy. There are two most precious commodities, really. And the barrier that we have and that we use to protect them is our choices. So we either make choices that protect our time so that we use it on the things that 
matter most to us, the things that we value the most, and we use it to protect our energy so that we can spend time with our kids at the end of a work day and so forth and be present and focused on all those things that we want to be present and focused for, or we make choices to not do that. Now, I really think there's lots of types of choices that we make out there, but I find that there are three that are often the cause of leaks in our boundary. And they're people-pleasing, perfecting, what I like to call hyper-doing. So think about it. If you make a choice to attend a last-minute meeting that your boss calls for the end of the workday, and you decide to attend it, even though that means that you're going to have to skip dinner with your family, and you do it because you fear what your boss is going to think of you, and you fear like any repercussions that might be there, that's people-pleasing, essentially. Now, I know most people would say, or many people would say really, that, oh, I don't feel like I have a choice in these situations. But of course, that's not true because nobody is forcing you to sit down and be in front of your computer or attend that meeting if it's in person or whatever it is. Like nobody is literally taking your body and putting you there. You are deciding, you are making a choice to be there. Now, there are, of course, always trade offs in decisions. That's true. But regardless, you still have a choice. In this stage, what you're deciding is ultimately which trade-offs are worth it to you and which ones aren't. Now, I want you to think about this stage as being ownership over your yes and over your no, which is essentially your choice, right? Your yes and your no. I had a client once that actually created this list of criteria to help her make decisions at work because she was at this very fast-paced company in a you know top leadership role. She had lots of demands, lots of people that needed things from her. There really just would never be enough time in a day to get through all of the various things that people need from her. And so rather than doing it all, which had been causing her a whole bunch of burnout because she just felt like she was supposed to say yes to everything and everybody and try to figure out how to make it all work, rather than doing that, you know, what we started to do is get really selective about what she needed to be saying yes to and what she needed to be saying no to. And so she came up with this very simple kind of, I want to say like five question criteria, essentially. And it might have been three or four questions, but as many as five. And it's things like, am I the only one that can do this? Does this ask kind of fit into one of my three initiatives that are top on my priority list right now? Just questions like that, that we came up with in coaching to really help her begin to make decisions about all of these various things that would come in, like a meeting request. She would put it through the setup criteria. Or if an email came in that that person felt like it was really urgent. She would put it through this list of criteria. Anytime she had to make a choice with how she was going to use her time and her energy and so forth, it would go through this list of criteria. And she would just ask, you know, does this fit? And what it really helped her to see was how often she had been making decisions, not based on her own priorities and her own needs, but instead on other people's, you know, what they wanted, what they needed, what their urgencies were, which oftentimes didn't really align with hers. And so the criteria became almost like this neutral way of looking at things that was based on her own priorities. And it was helping her to make really powerful decisions that protected her time and her energy. Now, confidence 
really begins to increase during this particular stage because you're focusing so much on what matters to you and putting you first and your priorities first and your family first. And it's almost like this signal to your brain as you get into it. It's like, hey, I matter. What I want matters. This is my life. It's almost like you're having a little fight with your brain and saying, no, I have to say no. What they need is not as important as what I need and what my family needs. Productivity oftentimes actually can go down in this stage only because you're saying no to so many more things. You're literally spending less time working, and so you're spending less time getting things done. And so your productivity is going to naturally start to dip a little bit. But that's when we start to get into stage five, because stage five is when you begin to strategically think about how you're spending your time so that you are protecting those things that matter most to you, but without losing productivity. This is where the time management strategies can really make a difference because you're pushing yourself to think about how you spend your time, how you manage your energy, how you manage your schedule, how you focus, and you're doing these things likely in ways that you never have before so that you can really squeeze out as much productivity out of the time that you spend working. But notice how this is the last stage. You have to go through stage two where you're building up your confidence and you have to go through stage three where you're deciding what's most important to you and you have to go through stage four where you're taking ownership over your choices and you're starting to protect the things that matter most before you can get to this stage where you begin to push your brain to be more strategic with your time. Because inevitably, when you start making some of these changes and you start protecting your own priorities over other people and their priorities, what's going to happen is people are going to get kind of mad at you. You know, you might even create some enemies. I mean, probably not. Most people are mostly adults and they understand when we say no, it's not personal, right? But ultimately, there are going to be people that are going to be disappointed. They're going to be frustrated. They're going to want more from you. They're not going to understand why you're not supporting them. They're going to want you to say yes. And in order to push through those moments and through those choices and still protect your time and your energy and the things that are most valuable to you, you're going to have to say no. And in order to do that, you have to feel really good about you and really clear on what's most important. And you have to see your decisions and your choices as being your own. And it's really at this point where your confidence and your productivity are really at their height. And you're feeling really good about yourself and your work and the time that you're spending with your family. It feels focused. You feel present. When you feel like you're at work, you're at work. And when you're at home, you're at home. And work doesn't always feel like the most important thing to you. The feeling that really comes to mind when I think about going through this whole process and getting through all five of these stages is really sufficiency. You're not lacking anything. You're content. You don't need anything. You're exactly where you're supposed to be. Peace is another feeling that comes to mind when I think about what you achieve as you go through these five stages. And certainly not all life is peaceful because life with kids, you know, is generally speaking, never peaceful. At least it's not in my experience with a four and a seven-year-old. But what I'm talking about is just inner peace. It's just that deep down knowing that you have created a life that you love and that you want to be in, that there isn't any regrets, where you're in control, where you're feeling loved, where you're feeling valued. That is the life that we want, a sufficient, peaceful life that we feel in control of. Okay, so here's a quick recap. 
Stage one is the trial and error stage where you're trying to create external balance without really addressing all of those things that are going on inside of you. Stage two is when you realize that that's not really going to work, that you have to change some things inside of you. You have to change some of your habits and some of your rhythms that really aren't working for you. And so stage two is when you begin to separate yourself and your identity from your work and your accomplishments. And then stage three is when you begin to get clear and you give your brain some direction on what's most important and where you're headed and why. And stage four is when you begin to protect those things that you want. You put up boundaries and you begin to make choices to protect them. And then stage five is when you really learn how to be as productive as possible with your time. And I'm curious, as you've listened to all of this, you know, where are you? Just take a moment and self-identify, like, what stage are you in? What's the upcoming stage? What I really want you to see as I went through this is that there is a natural, almost linear path through these stages. You don't generally jump from one stage to another stage. You like you don't skip stages. You kind of go through each of the stage. And of course, life circumstances change, jobs change, things like COVID happens, or your kids are at a different stage of life or whatever it is, and all these things get you know mixed up again, and you have to go back through the process on some level. But of course, every time you go back through the process, it gets easier and easier. And so it's not like a one and done kind of deal. There's always a management process, but you're generally speaking, just always moving back through the same linear path through the process. So where are you? Remember, there's no rush. (laughs) Creating a balanced life is a process. It's a process you will always be in. You're always going to be in the middle of figuring it out with your current circumstances. And at every stage of life, you're going to have to do that. So it doesn't mean anything's gone wrong. It just means that balance is a process. It means that it's something that we have to be working on in our all throughout our life and that you're in the middle of figuring out how to create a balanced life for you. If you're looking to be coached through this process and you want me to walk you through each of these stages by giving you step-by-step questions and guidance and exercises and teachings and reflections, literally, I can help you move from one stage to the other very systematically and linearly. That is the work that we do inside the Ambitious and Balanced Working Moms Collective. So I walk you through a five-step process to creating sustainable work-life balance. And when you sign up, you get access to that process instantaneously. You'll get login details to the membership site where you get all of those videos, all of the reflections, all of the workbooks so that you can begin the process right away. And then there is weekly group coaching where I help you really apply the material to your own life, where you can actually talk to me, tell me what's going on in your life, give me your personal circumstances and experiences, and I will help coach you through the process of really creating balance. And then the last component of the program is a private Facebook community that is just for the women that are in this program. Every single woman here is trying to create sustainable work-life balance in their own lives and managing ambitious careers in the process. So you're never alone. You're never stuck. I can help you get where you are today to where you want to be. So join the collective and I can help you in there. All right, ladies, I will see you next week. I hope you enjoyed this episode today. If you're looking to create a life where your career and your home life never feel at odds, where you're working less but achieving at the same level, a life without regret where you know you are doing exactly what you want to be doing. 
Then join the Ambitious and Balanced Working Moms Collective. This is a group of ambitious working moms who believe that work-life balance is possible for them and are committed to creating it. The program includes 30 short videos and workbooks that teach you how to create the building blocks of a balanced life, as well as weekly group coaching and in-depth support within a private working moms community. Oh, and did I mention that when you join the community, you get lifetime access? That means you have access to coaching and material to help support your balanced life in every season. You can find out more information and sign up for the collective on my website at www.rebeccaolsoncoaching.com forward slash collective.